Well, if she's not here, I'm just going to start. Um, okay, so every year in February, uh, we get together and we try to put on a new kind of a show. This solemn occasion sees four nights all alike in uh, in wealth and in passion and glory. Are you on the line? Yeah. <laughs> Are you just going to wait for me to run out of steam? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I said... Uh, before you got in the call, I was like, well, if she's not here, I'm just going to start. Oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah, I was doing a, doing a reverse episode one. Wow, what a, what a good callback. I love that. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm Buddy of... Uh, no, I'm Buddy Duquesne. And I'm Alice White. And yeah, I am not, not of House Duquesne. Not in character anymore. Here. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is the real us. This is the real us, and uh, thank you all so much for for tuning in, for listening to the Joust for an entire month. That's so crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I um I know that the audience for the Joust is not our biggest audience ever, um, at least at time of recording. Who knows what's going to happen uh, eventually? Maybe the Joust will become a cult classic or something like that, and <laughs> people will discover it. But like. Uh, to everybody who like kept up and who was here when it was coming out on the daily, I hope it was special for you because it was special for me to make it. I think uh, I think it was special for us to make it. It was super special to make, and it was definitely a challenge. But uh, buddy, I want to applaud you specifically for all the work you did on the show. Oh, thank uh, you very much. It was it was your idea, of course. Yes. You you approached me a couple months ago, kind of with this crazy idea. Hey. I want to put out a show that releases one episode every single day yeah, for an I, entire month. I've wanted to do a daily episode show forever now. Um, I don't even remember when, when that idea first came around. Gosh, I, I, feel was like, like, I feel like daily. Daily, like a long time ago, but maybe even before we started Those Happy Places, you wanted to, or about the time we started ha Those Happy Places, you wanted to do a daily like news show. Uh, for yeah, a while. News, I, I never really wanted to do news. This was like a proto, proto the joust idea. I wanted to do like news from, from the future or like news from like a, a futuristic city that was like ours, but not really. Yeah. And for a while like, there, it was like it a, was here's, here's your morning update of good things happening in the world. And... Oh yeah. Positive things. Yeah. yeah. Well, Lord knows we could use one. Um, but <laughs> may I, I maybe don't know. That, that might still happen someday. But <laughs> yeah, uh, but I don't know. I don't know if I have the capacity to like research a show and then put it on every day and then edit and publish it. Like that's yeah, that would be like far future if podcasting ever became a, a career. Like that's what we'd be able to do. <laughs> Absolutely. If we if we didn't have to do our day jobs, that would be something something cool to do in the future. But. Um, yeah. But for now, we have the joust. Yeah, uh, the the idea for the joust, I remember very clearly stumbling upon it. I was in Seattle, um, gathering material for those happy places and the Seattle episode thereof, uh, accidentally. Um, but it was just like, I was on a trip, uh, we were in a brewery, uh, me and Kate Prince were in a brewery, um, and... I was halfway through my second beer, which is when all of my best ideas occur to me. Naturally. Natch. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, what if it was like, because we were watching football, uh, like some, some NFL playoff game was on. Uh, and I was like, what if it was like a sport? What if it was like fantasy sports? What if it was the joust? And then I was like, all right, that's it. We're in. That's So I think I sent you like idea jousting every day every day every morning <laughs> fantasy broadcast sports jousting <laughs> and tarot cards and i was like <laughs> i was like all right yeah those are all my favorite words <laughs> let's do it <laughs> so so that's where it came from and uh that was january <laughs> yeah that was that was mid january for sure yeah. so we had very little time to to prep for this because uh, you were set you had your heart set on a February release schedule. 
I figured if we were going to do anything for a month, it should be the shortest month. But this month <laughs> just so happened to be a leap year. <laughs> like, it's a leap year. So really, this month is only one day shorter than <laughs> any other month. Yeah, and we're putting something out on the 1st of March, so it, it barely even counts. Right. Um, this was a 30-day <laughs> broadcast anyway. This was a misstep. Oh, plus, uh, the, plus, plus episode zero, which I think released on January 31st. So, it did. It did. Yeah, so... That was, uh, this ended up being a 31-day <laughs> broadcast uh, anyways. We did it, though. We did do it. We did it, and, though. And I'm really and, proud of you. You worked really hard on this. And uh, we recorded, we we did a lot of of days where we would record several episodes in a row. So we had, like, a bank of them. Yeah. But then I went away for an entire week. and Actually, so did I. <laughs> we went um, away for an entire week and didn't have, didn't, we had to rely on, on like basically trust each other that we would come back and be able to sit down every single night for the very last week of February, which we did. We recorded every day this week. Yeah, um, recorded, edited, and published each episode every day as it went up from Monday on. Uh, yeah. And and now now we're sitting here on Friday night and. We're doing this one a little early because uh, I won't be in front of a microphone tomorrow, uh, no, me and neither will you. Uh, so we we had to we had to do the rap party early. Yeah. So we just uh, finished. We literally just two, like six minutes ago, finished uh, recording the uh, the last episode of the Joust, where we were on the run. And yeah, and and who's who knows what's gonna happen to those those crazy kids, uh, Buddy of House Decane and Alice of House White. Poor of them stuck in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I see good things in their future. Uh, I don't think they're actually in danger. Uh, no, but they are more than willing, I think, to put themselves in in the way of pseudo danger in oh, order yeah. to get the scoop. I think they're yeah, they they are are, dedicated journalists now. They're definitely, so, somehow along the line, they went from uh, silly silly sportscasters to the the voice of the people. I don't know. Uh, and and we, didn't, we didn't go too far into this whole, like, revolution angle. That was not the intent no. of, of the joust in the beginning. It was not. Uh, it was really just... Uh, it, it was a couple of days in, though, when when the cards that we drew indicated... We drew the tower at one point, which um, in my... In my, like... I, I, I gave all the cards meaning, like, or an event that would happen to each of the cards, and the tower was something crazy happens, and we throw out all the cards and start over. And right. so how we decided to write that was uh, we had somebody storm the field. And that was the first indication we had. I think because another card that I had drawn in that same uh, card pull was the Emperor. And so we said, well, what if the Emperor had something to do with the guy that stormed the field or the reason why we had to start over? And that was yeah, our, and our first indication that maybe not all is right in Caliano. Yeah, I, that that the tower guy um, could have been like just a rabid fan, like tearing his shirt off and running across <laughs> the field or whatever. But we we decided to go with the emperor angle, like he was a protester and the emperor, you know, had to have him captured and dragged off. Um, and and that seed, that narrative seed, which was completely accidental, mm -hmm. um, kind of grew and spiraled, and as things started to happen between the nights and I mean let's 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 go back let's go back okay so we let's talk about our plan for the season or for for the month uh okay. we outlined how many matches there would be between each of the nights right and we also outlined what nights would be Oh, see, this is going to be hard because I say knights with a with an N or a K. It sounds <laughs> the same. But we we dictated which uh, which days of the broadcast were going to be about um, the feasts as well. Right. Uh, and we and needed... those were designed to be like listener mailbag or Q&As or gossip days. And those were kind of flex days. Right. They were they were breaks between um, between the actual jousts themselves, um, because we needed to have an even number of days that the 
that they met on the field and we needed them all to meet each other on the field a certain number of times in order to get an average score for them for the end. Um, and it just didn't add up to 29 days in February. So we added these feast days in the middle. And yeah. um, and we, I think we didn't really have hard plans for those days either. We kind of let the cards uh, tell us what to do there also. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you go back and listen to episode zero, you'll get a little bit of a picture of like, what each of the card days were or or like or like how we were using the cards each day i guess is a better way to say that right so so the knights would each draw a number from their own personal deck which would shuffle for each tilt um and then there would also be uh the event cards which were the major arcana um which we we pre-assigned events to each of the major arcana uh before before we even started. I did that on like January 28th or something. I just <laughs> I just listed all of the cards and just gave them uh, some of them would be like oh plus two to your number for you know a benefit or minus three to your number of something like the chariot. I said something happened to their horse and that was the day that um, was it Sir Junius horse through a shoe? Yeah, it was, um, it was one of the early days. Either he threw a shoe or the sh- the horse got spooked by something. Yeah, we drew the chariot a bunch, which was pretty interesting over the it's course of the month. It's funny that the horses were the major, like, <laughs> <laughs> down, uh, or the, the way that the knights, the knights could lose. Right, and um, I, I was pretty glad of that because um, because it felt realistic. Like, horses are... are Unpredictable. They're animals, right? So yeah. it, it was it was cool that that ended up happening, but it was kind of strange how often the chariot popped up. Seriously, um, I and, promise and I shuffled. Of, <laughs> a couple of the arcana never came up. Um, the the de- death never came up. We were gonna kill. We were gonna kill once. a knight. We were fully we were ready kill. to kill a knight, but the death card never ever got pulled. Any knight, I would have killed him. And the only way. So, so some of the major twists, like some of my favorite things about the show were when the cards told us to do something and it just felt like the right time to do it. Right. So like Sir Dunia losing his hand, oh, for example. Yeah. We were right um, there at the end of our, of our matches. We only had like three matches left to go and nothing bad had happened to any of the knights. Like it was absolutely time. And, and Sir Saif had, had done this whole thing where he had like you know, mentored him and, and turned turned this whole thing around, but, like, tensions with the Emperor were rising, and, you know, Sir Saif being this honorable, chivalrous dude, you know, we see so often how, um, how, like, law and order are twisted to evil ends, uh, so it, it felt kind of right that he would just, like, go, like, no, I'm 100% for the Emperor, like, if you stand against him, I'm gonna take you down. Uh, and so killing Sir du- or not not killing maiming Sardunia. It got close uh, though. We we did toy with the idea that maybe he would that 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 would be the end of Sardunia. But well, yeah. But what the what the cards said there was uh, that Sir Saif like absolutely destroyed him. But right. we didn't draw death. So, so he needed to, to get something. really hurt. And right. so we pictured what what a common injury would be in a in a sword fight and losing a hand. It felt very Star Wars too. Yeah. We were you know we into love that. Star Wars. We love <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> um, so yeah, there were yeah that was um, those were some of the most fun things to pull um, right there at the end too. This was one of my favorite card pulls that we did in the whole uh, in the whole month was during our award ceremony. When it was time to pull, we laid out the knights, um, or three knights and a page, um, <laughs> and I pulled one event card for each of them. But the page, so something that we established was is that if one of the knights got so injured that they couldn't play anymore, uh, they would have to step out, and the page would have to step in, and they the page would have to draw two event cards every right. single time. That, Being less experienced and younger, the pages were more chaotic. So yeah. things could go very well for them or, or they could go very poorly. And things just went really well for Saravacha, which was awesome. And um but so when I came when it came time to pull event cards for the awards ceremony, I drew the Emperor for Sir Saif and I drew the Empress for uh Saravacha. And it was like 
how how we, did the cards do this? We to could us? not have planned it. It was wild. You should, we should have set it to record at that point. Honestly, and just our honest reaction of what happened there, because we were like, "What? How are we even supposed to interpret that beyond the emperor sides with Sir Saif and the empress sides with Sir Ivatra? Like that that whole thing and having it been having it had been. Uh, predicted by the hermit mm-hmm. uh, early in the season, yeah. When we and then we, having the whole schism mm-hmm. like just expand and expand and expand until it, it just could not be denied anymore. And even the cards were saying to do it. I was like, dang. We just when we pulled the hermit for that feast, right? Yeah. Um, and we pulled a couple of cards out to represent what his prophecy would be. We pulled the lovers and we pulled the tower. I think. And so we we're like, oh, something like catastrophic, and it has to do with the lovers. Well, who are the only lovers really we have in the story? It's the emperor and the empress, right? Yeah, I mean, we were we were toying with uh, a rom- a romance for Sir Saif. Um, there were hints of romance. Uh, I know, I know, at least one listener out there thought that there were there were hints of romance for Sir Vi and the empress. And uh-huh. I, I am right there, right there with them. Um, that would have been very cool, but uh, the cards weren't saying that explicitly, and we were not, um, we were not trying to give the knights romance drama. Early on, I even thought some of the knights could fall in love. Um, Sir Saif and Sir Dunya seem to have this like bro relationship that could have spiraled into maybe they would fall in love, but Sir Zayf's path was much different than No, that. he definitely ended up <laughs> taking a, a pretty big heel turn. Um, and which, which is so great. Like, we had a heel turn in our whole thing, which, like, We I did not know. plan. <laughs> I've all. always wanted... I've always wanted jousting meets pro wrestling, but, like, wholesome and good. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we made and it for ourselves. Yeah, so so we went ahead and made it for ourselves, and having Sir Saif be like, I'm the good guy, everyone loves me, and then be like, actually, I'm bad now. (laughs) (laughs) It was just like, yeah, this is right. This is exactly what the story needs to be. Yeah, it felt good. and But again, was not planned at all. I know that we had a listener saying like from day three or something like I don't trust that Sir Saif and and us going why why wouldn't you we love Sir Saif and then the cards just <laughs> told us to stop trusting and liking Sir Saif and we're like oh I guess that listener knew more than we did <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's it's funny that um it's funny that we started to think about him that way though like I don't know how much of it was the cards and how much of it was, oh, you're right, like, Sir Saif kind of sucks. He uh, just, God, his, his card pulls just weren't there for him. Well, not not like, for him to be a good person, but the, the pulls were there for him to win um, and, and win big. And same for Sir Ignatius. We got to talk about Sir Ignatius for a little bit. I feel bad for Sir Ignatius. We didn't even mention him in the uh, in the last two episodes. Oh, like, kind of no, for, no Sir Ignatius waving from the sidelines or no Sir Ignatius has been a symbol of, of the revolution or anything like that. Like, Sir Ignatius is gone. All we care about is Sir Avatra now, which is fine. She's my hero. Sir is wonderful, <laughs> but that's right. We we did kind of forget about yeah. Sir Ignatius. I mean, uh, Sir Vacha declared her, you know, loyalty to him in her final joust. And then, yeah, we just kind of didn't mention him again. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, maybe, I don't know if we ever write a sequel. Maybe uh, Sir Ignatius needs to, to play a big part because he was great and and just kept on winning. He was unstoppable. I was pulling I, tens and nines for him and uh, all of his opponents were pulling threes and fours and it just... Uh, and I again, I swear I shuffled. <laughs> I really got to the point with Sir Ignatius where like, I I liked him and, and I always respected nothing but respect for Sir Ignatius. Nothing I, I, but respect. I thought of him as, as one of the coolest competitors in the entire thing. Like, just being Absolutely. like brazenly... Brazenly confident and just kind of rushing forward and not caring about all of this chivalry and just being this. I mean, he was the heel at the beginning. Like, he was fun, but he was kind of bad. And, like, and you kind of hated him for how good he was. Yeah. Um, And, like, having him lose 
and then lose again badly. Badly. Just so crushingly I mean, I against think it was Sir a, Saif. I think it was a an ace to a king or something. Like truly as 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 bad as it could go. And it again, we didn't draw death or anything, but like he wasn't getting up from that. No. So we needed to we needed to go ahead and say like Sir Ignatius is out and bringing in Suravatra I think was the best thing we could have done for the story. Yeah, absolutely. Loved Suravatra. Yeah. She she was she was a last minute invention right then when we needed to record something about Oh yeah, her. we did not have the pages named at all. <laughs> Like, None of the other pages have names. Uh, no. So if, if Servai just keels over in a future episode, we're, gonna we're just going to have to make Squire, it up. Because I don't know, I don't know who, like, she, who he or she is. The, the great thing about the Joust is that we came up with the idea, decided and agreed to do it, threw some stuff together and did it. Uh, on what is essentially a skeleton of what a good podcast should be. Um, and I'm proud of what it is, but in retrospect, we made some mistakes in planning in general. <laughs> that Yes, um, we made some mistakes in planning in that we didn't plan. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, am I lying? Don't make me laugh, it hurts. Oh. <laughs> We didn't really. Um, we 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 planned very little. We did all of our planning uh, the very last week of January. We um, scrambled for. We were inventing the um, the system for card pulling uh, like two minutes before we recorded episode zero. Yes. Um, we. I mean, it took it 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 took. We definitely should have done done more for planning. I think or had. Um, maybe more variety or or something in the event cards um something a little more detailed that the cards actually would it like with as little planning as we did if the cards had had more detail to them maybe it would have made the storytelling easier um, yeah. but we didn't write down anything i mean hardly anything at all we we even at one point had a problem where we didn't have all of the results of every match completely recorded <laughs> right we had to go back and listen to episodes and be like wait who won and i had to redo <laughs> the standings and it was a whole thing um but the only things we wrote down i think the, on the only things we have like typed out in our doc that we share are um are the speech I was giving at the very beginning of episode one about the history of the joust, um, the message from the emperor, your gossip episode that you did all by yourself. Right, that was an unplanned, I can't make it to the recording tonight, you yes, have to do something. you have to do it by yourself, have fun. And <laughs> and my solo episode was also written down. I did write that down before I that did it. That one was planned. Uh, and the reason you recorded that one solo is because we spent too much time when we were in the same room uh, <laughs> just messing around and doing other podcast stuff when we should have been recording an episode of The Joust. That's, yes, that's true. We, um, uh... But that's yeah. actually my favorite episode of the season. Aww. Uh, the the way that your vocal performance added so much to the character of Alice of House White. Aww. Oh, that's another mistake we made. We should have named the character something else. Probably. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's that episode was a joy to edit because I hadn't heard it before. So it was the only episode that I got to hear fresh uh, and it like legitimately emotionally affected me. Aww. I was like, this this is so great. The friendship that these two characters that are like us, but not like us actually, uh, have forged. And it was just, I don't know, I liked it a lot. It was, uh, when I was writing it down, I, I was thinking about, about Alice and how just a couple episodes before, I mean, just a few days earlier had been like can someone else find a you know a house for you know for buddy can someone else take care of it because i can't handle it anymore and i can't you know go go find somewhere else to live stop living with me you know and we're and we had been friends but i think she alice had struggled with that friendship because um 
you know, you came on really strong at the beginning, very not, un- inexperienced. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, come on. We we decided that he was going to be a uh, a privileged, not a jerk, but like privileged in that way that's very annoying. Yeah. Th- they can't recognize their own privilege. Exactly. And uh, but the character of, of Buddy of House Duquesne changed so much and, or like you know, grew so much that I started thinking about, like, if, yeah, if this guy that you, you were, yeah, at first you were kind of forced to work with, but had had grown attached to uh, over time, had suddenly just been taken away, like, what would that have, have done? Even if, you know, you weren't, you know, even if you're, you're fit, you're pretending like you're not super fond of him, you know, like, like, how can you hide that emotion from your voice when you're trying to send a message to him? And so that's, I just, I wrote it down and, and read it. I did, I did it in one take. <laughs> like so much of the podcast yeah, that was that's done a, in one take. Another fun fact about, <laughs> about this podcast is that um, we never, ever at any point finished recording an episode and went, no, we should do that one again. Oh, no, that one was no good. We should do that one again. <laughs> nope. We If we messed up or if we thought it wasn't good, we would just stop mid-recording and start over. But uh, So it's not it's not as if we perfectly recorded every episode and they weren't edited. Uh, I'm sure astute listeners have noticed plenty of editing. Uh, and there is a lot of it. Uh, sometimes I would remove entire minutes. Uh, but it was... It was improvised entirely. Yeah. The whole uh, thing. And and it felt good to stretch those muscles. Uh, you and I used to do a lot of improv. Yes, we did. We grew up uh, in improv comedy. And, and I don't I don't really get to do it anymore. Um, I get to I get to teach it, but I don't get to like perform it. So this kind of long form storytelling was uh, really refreshing to do. Yeah, I liked it. The stretching muscles is a good way to put it. It was a it was an exercise in in storytelling and in in uh, in podcasting that we uh, weren't ready for. But I think we <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> uh, so so speaking of weren't ready for, um, as long as we're on mistakes, which I believe is the name of this section of the retrospective. <laughs> Um, so I believe I purchased the website, uh, thejoustpodcast.com. On January 31st, I On believe. January 31st. And I uh, didn't put any time into making it look good that day. <laughs> it was supposed to be as purely functional as the RSS feed for the right. show. Right, which there are cheaper and easier ways to make RSS feeds, but Squarespace websites are what I like to use, uh, so it's what we had to go with. They are not sponsoring this, this show, unfortunately. No. <laughs> no. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Sponsor the nope. jobs, please. Nope. They <laughs> okay. did not pay for that. <laughs> so you don't get that, actually. Um, but I built it not beautiful, and we slapped the episodes into it. Uh, and that late release, uh, because it took most of the day of February 1st to get episode one up, was the last late release of the month until your solo episode on the 24th. Which somehow, yeah, something happened with the RSS feed, the wrong link went into the wrong box and just didn't come up. But yeah, the fact that you were able to put out every single episode by 3 a.m., Every single day. That was impressive. Yeah, uh, I, I utilized the scheduling function, so I wasn't just sitting there waiting for 3 a.m. to roll around uh, <laughs> and hitting post. Uh, so I would schedule it the night before uh, and get it up. And the thing that I realized about scheduling a podcast to arrive every morning is the enormous amount of work that goes into that. Even though our podcast was five minutes long, most days uh and even though it was the same show credits every day like the amount of just making it a habit of mind to like sit down and edit and publish and schedule and put something out every day was i mean i have new respect for everybody who does anything on the daily like this is a really hard thing to do yeah Uh, it was and i'm very impressed with you Thank you. Yeah, it I was really hard. good. You did, and I'm very proud. 
and it was it was not easy to uh, promote something that only existed for a month. That's yeah, promotion getting the thing off the ground was not easy to do. Um, and we are super lucky and, and really grateful for the audience that we did end up finding. Um, yeah. because it's hard to it's hard to sell something to people like a hey, Here's a, a a commitment every single day for a month. You have to listen to it. Oh. Here's a here's a commitment that we've made. Won't you make it with us? Right, and even though it's only a couple minutes, all of the episodes, uh, except for episode zero and this one, were under ten minutes, and a lot of the episodes were under three minutes. Um, and that, even though it's like, oh, it's only a couple minutes out of your morning. To say, hey, every single morning an episode is going to appear in your feed. Uh, add that to your list of, of <laughs> podcasts to do every day. Like that's a lot. That's a lot to ask of people. And but we found a couple, you know, a, a small audience of of people who were joining us on that journey, and it was so fun to hear everybody's reactions um, on Twitter. It was it was the the best. It was so fun. Especially yeah, he, that listener-dedicated episode we did, which may be my favorite episode. Uh, that that one mailbag yeah. where everything is a reference to a certain uh, singer. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, no, no, I mean, no, we would never spend an entire episode making Sade references. I, um, who is that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know her. Um, but yeah, that was fun. That was, that was a... Uh, it was a... A suggestion from a listener that we took and spun into uh, into something ridiculous, and that was so much fun to do. Um, and yeah, I I loved I loved making it. Yeah, it was. Uh, Any time we heard that someone out there was listening, and not just listening, but listening along, and like finding out as we were releasing what was happening to these nights. Uh, that was what made this experiment feel like it was worth it. Um, and sometimes it felt like we were, you know, broadcasting to an audience of just a couple people. And if we brighten those people's lives, I, I consider it a worthwhile endeavor. Um, but but seriously, I, I hope that because kind of towards the end of the month, it started to feel like more people were listening every day. And I, I hope that anybody who's just like joining us right now and like finding the thing like can still enjoy it i i hope that the whole daily format isn't prohibitive for future listening um i i don't know i don't i don't know because i feel like maybe it might be strange to listen to like in one sitting like oh i'm gonna sit here and listen to like like 29 episodes in a row of this very short podcast like here listen to the theme song 29 times in a row real fast oh yeah wow <laughs> like, I, I never thought about like I love Crunk Night by Kevin McLeod, the best recording I've ever found that he's made it's um, really it's really good it was exactly what you were looking for you said I need to find a um uh, a a song that sounds like if minstrels were playing the sports center theme song <laughs> and that's exactly what you found it's, it's perfect. so perfect and I, I love the the back half of crunk night which plays at the end of every episode is like uh gregorian monks chanting in the background of it yes it's so, so <laughs> it's so excellent and i love it um yeah i but don't know i don't know what if binging you go back it. and listen to every episode you're hearing it like every every three or four minutes i don't know about that i don't know <laughs> Um, That's a misstep. <laughs> it might be fun. You know, yeah. here's just something to, to throw out there. It, it might be worth it to re-release the Joust um, in, like, like re-edit, um, just throw a bunch of episodes together. Like, maybe all of round one is one episode, all of round two is another episode. Oh. Um, where where you clearly delineate like this was day one, day two, day three, or whatever, but it but it it, it can be listened to like as a chunk without all the credits in in between. Huh. Might be. You know that would be that would be like a big project, but it's not an undoable project. Might be kind um, of fun. I might do something like that. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, speaking of like the future of the joust, like what might what else might appear on this feed? Um, if if you had to say, like, I know I'm putting you on the spot. We haven't actually talked about this. Oh no. Um, but if you had to say, like, what what do you want to see out of this feed, this particular podcast experiment? Like, do you want to wait until next February before we touch it at all? Um, it's. Mm, I feel like. I feel like I want to say yes. I feel like doing things in 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 February, like making it an annual event, kind of like. I mean, that's what we said at the beginning of the of the show, right? Like, that was the conceit of the whole thing. Every year in February, Caliano gathers for a big jousting tournament, you know? Right. It might be kind of fun to be, like, a, a one year later, what's happened with the revolution, what's happened with the Empress, you know, like that. Like, it's been a whole year and we have to tell you what's happened or things right. are still happening. <laughs> it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the joust without jousting, though. Like, I, I hope that in a year the Kingdom of Caliano finds... A way to joust again. Um, maybe that's like maybe that's we my split, main hope. For maybe the we split into two empires. The the emperor and the empress each got their own like, and now it, instead of it being uh, four regions, it's two two kingdoms jousting yeah. against each other. Uh, I don't know. There's so many ways to take it. I kind of do want to wait until February, but I also loved the revolution subplot so much that I kind of feel like. Uh, like a update on who's winning what battle in in the revolution might be kind of fun. I don't know. Yeah, I, I definitely don't want to go straight back into daily, like in March or whatever. Like you oh, won't God. you won't see an episode on March second. Like update from the top of another tree. Here's Buddy <laughs> and Alice. Uh, that probably won't happen. But I, I was thinking maybe like every month or so or maybe every other month like as we come up with an idea we can check in with our intrepid uh sports casters and see what they're doing what they're up to yeah that um, might be good i would like that a lot and and you know in, in anybody who's listening out there like what does your future of the joust look like ideally um are you going to miss it uh are you going to need it back in your life every day? Are you going to re-listen now that the whole thing is over? Oh, Alice. What? I just realized something. What? We talked about every night's arc, except for Survive and Sardunia, well, which I guess I mean means we talked about three of the five eventual <sighs> nights. But, like, we didn't talk about how, like, Survive actually did really well the whole tournament, but had a slightly less good record and so had to compete for third place. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Survi was so close to qualifying for, like, uh, for, for for the finals. We really wanted her to go on to the finals. She was my pick to go up against Sir Saif. I, I'm in retrospect glad that uh, Sir Avatra did, but like with the double uh, events, I was like, if Sir Avatra also dies... Like, we don't make it to the next day. Like, the broadcasts are over. I'm done. <laughs> so I thought Sir, Sir Vi having defeated Sir Saif in the previous match could be like, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna end this guy's whole career. Um but she didn't even get to play. And that I don't know. Like, she was my favorite from the beginning, not just my character's favorite. Like, I just loved her story and her like her personality. Yeah. Um, and I, I wanted good things for her. And then Sardunia was my... Uh, I can admit it now. I'm not bu buddy of House Duquesne. <laughs> he was he was my least favorite. Uh, I saw him as sort of a Draco Malfoy. Yeah, that's how we wrote him initially to be. Yeah. Um, and, and when we say how we wrote him, each of the knights is a half of a paragraph. It's a half a paragraph <laughs> of, of personality traits loosely based on traits uh, of the suits that they represented in the tarot deck. Right. Um, of... Like, uh, you know, survive as the, the the Knight of Cups. It, cups are uh, emotional and um, and driven by emotions, and and that felt also. I, I was I later was like, well, we made our only female knight the really emotional one. I don't know about that, but yeah. Um, but, but that's not that's not how she characterized herself in play. Um, no, it more informed her like fighting style or like yeah. her intuitiveness. Like in, like we we ended up interpreting emotions to mean intuition 
Um, and Sir Junia, there was supposed to be fairly, like, st- like steady and, uh, like, earthly, but also pentacles represents a lot of, like, um, like, earthly riches, like, and, and, and things that you can, like, hold physically, like money. And I know that's, like, a really basic, uh, other tarot, like, readers will, will be like, what? Like, <laughs> They'll be so a little irritated with that, like, extremely basic description of it. But, like, that's, um, you know, we decided that, like, Junio was coming from, like, an extremely wealthy, like, rich area. And that informed uh, some of the early decisions that he made about how, you know, about how he treated other people and how he reacted to things and especially his early losses, which were not intentionally given to him. Those no, were the cards. they were the cards. And when yeah. Sunni- Sardinia kept losing and ended up with the lowest record, we were like, so we were, we were bummed out that it ended up being so tilted against him. But that was, but, again, it was just the cards. But his loss of a hand like first his his recovery as a sort of uh, an upstart and kind of being welcomed into the the community and like kind of learning to be less of a I, I don't know a, a nice way to say it but less of a Malfoy <laughs> um, and and just kind of be a knight with the other knights and compete in like a friendly way like first that rehabilitated him a lot for me I was like oh shoot like I actually kind of like this guy now. <laughs> And then when he lost his hand, I was like, I will root for you forever. (laughs) Uh, Like, if you if you stay in. But when he was wounded that egregiously, we could have given him a page then. Right. Like his page could have taken over. But I think what I loved about what we decided was keeping him in, but wounded and then kind of giving him that that penalty we gave him a um he had to draw two cards for every match and we had and to pick he the had lowest to take the lower the yeah uh so he could still do quite well if he drew two good cards uh and he eventually started to do that but like how messy were his first matches that was so perfect <laughs> like he he didn't have his sword hand his jousting hand so of course he wouldn't do quite well and I don't know. It it worked out for me. Like even though he didn't have the best time of it uh in terms of the like long story, there were short bursts in there where I really liked Sardunia. Yeah, he definitely came about and and had more of a character arc than I think we ever expected him to. Um and that was cool. I think he had the the most dynamic personality at the end of all of the of all of the knights. As definitely. far as uh, yeah, as far as like we knew more about his, like, personal life than pretty much anybody else. Yeah, that's funny. Like, Survive's my favorite, but we didn't talk much about her, like, doing anything. In fact, in the gossip episode, uh, I purposefully gave her really meaningless gossip uh, because I thought Buddy of House Duquesne wouldn't gossip negatively about her. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, no, it's just got to be some some BS that he, like, kind of throws in just to prove he's not biased, but it's very biased. <laughs> um, so so that's why she, like, she never seemed to do anything outside of matches. Um, so she was very informed by her matches, but I don't think she was, uh, I don't think we gave her enough uh like other time and i think if we were to do it again i would do more talking about the knights off the field yeah yeah uh i think uh, when we were initially planning the schedule we planned a lot of um a lot of like feast days we had a feast day between every round so all of the knights would fight each other would would fight once it would be like two two matches like uh, cups, pentacles, and then swords, wands, and then we would take a break and do uh, and do like a recap episode, and then we would do like a another like another episode. We had like a hype episode. We had a lot of breaks initially. Yeah, and we had to we had to cut down on that, and I'm glad we did because my favorite part of the month was when it was all matches. 
Yeah, when um, we went ma- like match after those last like three rounds where we didn't take any breaks at all. So was- so we should we should pull the curtain back on that a little bit. The the thing where the street festival goes bad and all feasts are canceled. Mm-hmm. The street festival going bad was cards. That was all cards for sure. Um, but not having any more feasts was not cards. No, that was planned. I That was planned. Cuz we had I had 9 rounds so that each um of the I, I figured this out with a bracket online. Each night would have to face each other four times. Uh, like each night fe- faces every other night four times. So that's right. cups, faces, wands, swords, pentacles. So that's three matches for for cups. And so there ended up being like a lot of jousts. It had to come out to an even number of times that they faced each other on the field, um, or else the standings wouldn't come out evenly. And this right, was it really it was really hard to plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but eventually how we ended up doing it is I was like, well round seven, eight, nine just have to go one right after the other. Like that can't um there can't be a break there so at the very last feast which was the street festival and it went bad we were like well there's our excuse to not stop ever again finally (laughs) the cards throw us a bone (laughs) as as if they hadn't been throwing us bones the whole time they really were speaking to us in incredible ways all month long uh, really giving us fun sparks of ideas and um, you know we had pre like predetermined meanings for each of them but um, we were able to use not just the predetermined meanings but also their like divination meanings in a lot of places to help yeah, us tell when, the story when we would get stuck on the mechanical meanings that we had given them we'd go to, to the divination meetings and, and try and figure out like well what does this really mean here now mm-hmm. uh, and that was what made it that's what made the tarot thing, I think, more interesting for storytelling than just dice would have been, um, or just say a, a normal deck of cards. But tarot having that additional meaning gave us lots of story hooks we yeah. could grab onto. Yeah, and uh, tarot gave us uh, the very end of our of our last episode with the um, I when I. I had the hermit out and ready to give us a prophecy for how things would move forward. And I drew the seven of cups, which is a card about choice. And, uh, you know, somebody who's presented with seven cups with things in each cup and, and is standing there with his arms open, like, Oh no, what do I do? Um, and so that gave us our prophecy, uh, of cross of a crossroads of decision of, um, you know, of destiny, where to go next, make your choice kind of thing, which left us open for future storytelling. Yeah, and I, I do hope we return to Caliano um, in some format. Uh, my favorite thing about you and I as a collaborative team is when we get an idea that we decide to do. We get a lot of ideas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and we don't do them all. No. Uh, but when we get an idea and decide to just try that idea uh, on like a limited run, uh, that's when we do really great things. Uh, that's where those happy places came from. Yep. Uh, and now it's been two whole years of those <laughs> happy now, places. It's been two years as of you hearing this right now on the Joust Pod feed, which is amazing. Um, but my whole thing to you was like, let's just do one. Yes. Let's uh, just do one and see what happens and see if we like it and see if people respond to it. And all of those things were positive. Yeah. We like doing it. We love doing it. Uh, people responded really positively. And um, and same with this. Like, yeah, again, the audience was small, but they were small and fun to engage with. And we had fun doing it. And uh, therefore, it was awesome. Yeah. And and. I know let's just do one month every day (laughs) was maybe a bigger ask than um, just one episode of a podcast, but that we jumped in headfirst and sometimes to our detriment. And even though it took part of the month to even get the website running properly, um, (laughs) and even though, uh, you know, there were small hiccups along the way production wise, and we had to improvise a lot of 
just the scheduling in general, not to mention we improvised the show, which was like, yikes, but also yay, because like we discovered a lot of cool ways to tell the story. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just glad we did it. I'm glad it's out there and it exists. And I feel like I, I discovered a new thing about what we can do uh, when we put our minds to it. Absolutely. I so. agree. <laughs> I'm very proud. <laughs> I'm very proud. Good job, buddy. And good job to you, Alice. Thank you for doing this with me. I don't think I say it enough. No, it, it, this was uh, fun. I'm always glad when you come to me with ideas. Uh, you're my forever collaborator. <laughs> <laughs> this weekend, you've got to go have a beer and a half. And, and come uh, up with our next big idea. <laughs> yeah. I want to try, try a new thing. My... My main takeaway from the Joust is I'm going to miss having something new out every day that people can enjoy. Um, it's, I don't know, it's just like, it was so much work, but constantly having a thing out there and not being sure if it was good, not being sure if it was like even something that was like actually interesting to anything but you and anybody but you and me. Um, <laughs> but like not being sure about all of that, but also just like putting it out there every day and holding myself to that as a rule um, was a neat feeling. Uh, it has left me exhausted at the end of this month, but it was a neat feeling and I'm going to miss that. So I think that means we need three more projects now, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's get right on it. <laughs> let's go do it. Oh, I haven't told you this. Uh, I have a I have a plan for... So if you're just listening to the Joust, you don't know. Uh, we do... Between you and I, we do four shows. Yes. Uh, podcasts. Yes, we do. Uh, we do Those Happy Places. Uh, we do Rogue Fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do... The Joust. This, The Joust. And I do a show called Giving the Gift of Murder. So those are the four shows that we do right now. And we call those affectionately the Those Happy Podcasts. Yes. Um, now, I have a plan for Those Happy Podcasts, exclusive now to listeners of The Joust. Oh, boy. Are you ready for this? Yes. So you know how we started as a theme park thing? Yeah. With Those Happy Places? Yeah. I want a podcast for every major land in Disneyland. Huh. And we're actually well on our way. Hear me out. <laughs> oh my have, gosh! Is this Fantasyland that we just? This did? is our Fantasyland podcast. We just Stop did it. Stop it. Good job. <laughs> uh, we have our Main Street USA podcast, which is those happy places. Okay, uh, being the center of all of it, the kind of backbone. Is Rogue um, Fun our Star Wars Galaxy's Edge or our Tomorrowland? You know, it's kind of up to you. Um, I see it more of a Galaxy's Edge because I would love to do a a kind of harder sci-fi project uh, okay. someday. Yeah, I'm in. Um, and that means we need an Old West podcast. <laughs> okay. Oh, and Giving the Gift of Murder is obviously the spooky haunted mansion. Yes, like New Orleans, New Orleans Square. Square. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so we need a Wild West podcast. Uh, we need a Toontown podcast. <laughs> and we need an Adventureland podcast. But, uh, you know, three more podcasts is not out of the question. Well, if we keep most of them short like this or one-off <laughs> projects, then so long as we're not committing to doing all of them every month, then yeah, buddy, let's do it. <laughs> all of them every day, every month. Oh, goodness. From our mouths to your ears we're through the internet. never going to not be podcasting for the rest <laughs> of our lives. <laughs> um, well, all right, we got to wrap this up. Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, favorite... So, do you want to do favorite, least favorite uh, episodes or or moments? Okay, yeah. Um, I would say I already told you what my favorite episode is. It's the one where, where you had to record alone. Um, my least favorite, I guess it's kind of just like a least favorite thing about how we did the show. Uh -huh. I think the show starts kind of slow um, in terms of story. Like... We were leaning really hard into Buddy of House Duquesne doesn't really know what the heck he's talking about. Or so where he's living. <laughs> right. Um, and we had to drop that storyline a little bit, but you brought it back really brilliantly on episode 24, which is another reason it became one of my favorites. was like, oh, this is like resolving that whole housing thing. Um, but I, I think if we were to go back and do it again, I would plan a little bit more like 
story stuff to happen those days and i think we took it too slow with the amount of feast days and that's my like big gripe about this season of the joust uh what are your things i think my favorite i think i already said too maybe my favorite episode was the sade episode which was (laughs) which was really good that or um or the award ceremony i think were were two of my favorite like moments in the that was that was the it's all coming together uh moment of the (laughs) show exactly and um i think that if i had to change anything or like my least favorite moment would be i think that i um I think that Alice was too... I think I would change a little about Alice's character. Um, Like, um, I think she was... She she went rather quickly from being anti-Joust Head to let all in on Joust Head. Uh, I think I would have made her a little more consistent on the 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 as the veteran broadcaster as the veteran like, veteran broadcaster you can't get dragged along by buddy of house duquesne's stuff he's just you so he's it. just so charming <laughs> is he really i don't know i don't i don't know and i never asked myself that while we were he's, recording he's so. easily as charming as me so i'll take that as a compliment you're very charming uh, <laughs> well, yeah you. so I, I think i think i would have put a little more thought into alice instead of just making her i don't know she's kind of me i guess <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, a little a little colder from Alice could have kept that uh, conflict going a little more. Yeah. But also, I I don't know, looking back, I wouldn't trade any episode of the podcast for the world. They're no. all my they're all my precious memories of doing this show with you. So It was so fun. Can't wait to yeah. do a re-listen. Every episode in a row, just crunk night over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> Speaking of which, I guess it's time to roll the credits. Okay, so uh, probably right now, as I started doing Crunk Night with my mouth sounds, <laughs> I started to ramp up the actual recording of Crunk Night. All of the music in this episode, which I am going to go through and add to our one hour of uh, wrap up, Jesus, uh, comes from Kevin McLeod. Uh, his website is incompetech.com. We use all of his music under a Creative Commons 4.0 license, which simply requires we give him credit and say thank you to him for those songs. So, Kevin, thank you specifically for Crunk Night, our theme music, and thank you for everything else that I threw into the podcast. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Um, if you like what you heard and you enjoyed The Joust, you can follow The Joust at The Joust Pod on Twitter. Uh, our other shows are also on Twitter. If you're into theme parks, rides, and attractions, you can find us at Happy Places Pod. That's those happy places, which is um, our that's our baby. That's our 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 little um, our little gem of a of a show going to our Main Street USA. Our two two years solid on that. And um, if you're into Star Wars, you can listen to Rogue Fun, a Star Wars. Or, sorry, Rogue Fun, a podcast story. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Rogue Fun Pod. That is a show that's exclusively about the uh, Star Wars anthology film Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and why it's the best Star Wars film ever made. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, I also do a show called uh, Giving the Gift of Murder. We're on Twitter at Giving Murder. Uh, so that's coming up more episodes soon. We talk about uh, planning the world's most elaborate murder mystery party. And it is excellent, starting with the history of the murder mystery genre. Uh, you can also find us specifically, I'm on Twitter and on Instagram, at Alice White, THP, for those happy places, or those and happy podcasts. <laughs> those happy podcasts. I'm at Buddy underscore Duquesne. Duquesne is spelled D-U-Q-U-E-S-N-E, and I didn't spell it once all month in this podcast, <laughs> so... I, I hope you can go and find me now, listeners of The Joust. <laughs> um, hey, we have a Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com slash thosehappyplaces is the place to go to if you want to support uh, all of our many endeavors. Um, if you want to hear more of The Joust, if you are interested in the other shows, head on over. There are lots of tiers to choose from as far as uh, ways you can support the show monetarily. You'll find uh, bonus episodes, uh, blog posts. You'll find um, all sorts of fun stuff over there, as well as uh, uh, Discord privileges and many other rewards. Again, that's patreon.com slash thosehappyplaces. 
speaking of Patreon, we have two very special patrons that we need to thank for making the joust possible. A hundred percent. Uh, we need uh, to thank Charles Castine of the Iconography Podcast, who is uh, a new father and is the congratulations, best. Congratulations, Charles, Charles. By the way, we we love you and we love your podcast and thank you for being such a a longtime supporter of us and the things that we make. Um, yes. Our other patron that we have to thank is Mr. Aslam Chaudhry who is uh, a gentleman and a scholar and really one of the most involved uh, contributors to our Discord and our Twitter. Um, Could not ask for a better fan. No, uh, could not. And uh, thank you for being along for the ride, Aslam. Uh, It was so good to see some of your reactions on the discord especially so uh those two back us at the d ticket level so we thank them in our episodes uh and i gotta say it alice it's because of the patreon that the joust was able to like make itself pop into being we had the extra money from the patreon so we could buy the website and yeah. host it on squarespace absolutely and we could you know spend all of this time on the show and make sure that it got out every day at 3 a.m thanks like, thanks wow. specifically to our patrons absolutely. patreon funded this i'm so proud <laughs> uh it's nice to to see some some tangible you know uh results of all of this work that we're doing and and all of the um the amazing support that that we've received over the last couple of years it's uh it it feels good it really does um i think that's it alice do you want to do you want to say it i'll say the thing i suppose uh to all of you listening out there may all your lances strike true May all your lances strike true. I got to say it too. Oh <laughs> no! Yeah! Ba 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 ha ha!